At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Episode three, the trifecta. We still made it. We have arrived. Come on now. That's Dr. Wendy Dees, University of Miami Sports Administration. I'm Jason Jackson. I'm a carnival barker. Uh, Google it. Uh, we have so many good things to get to because it's that time of year. Uh, the madness has arrived. Uh, the, the NFL has come out of its, like, are they sleep for like three weeks? They take a three-week break. Yeah. And then they're right back on the docket. And, of course, if I'm going to be around, we're going to do some orange leather. There's going to be some basketball. Yes, okay. absolutely. Very good. So we you're have not, to. You're not against any of those things. Uh, we'll, we'll start with what I like. I, I call the NFL the mafia. You know why I call it the mafia? Why is that? Because they do whatever they want. And it's true. <laughs> and, they, and they have a lot of money. So uh, let's get the high five. The real one. Oh, that's so good to have oh, some flesh on flesh. Good to be home. Good to be back. We begin with the National Football League. Dr. Dees, when you sent me this information... I, I cursed, and I, we could curse on this, but I, I don't want your students. You may make this mandatory. We're going to keep it family so, friendly. But I, I just I could not understand how much money was made on the combine, and that now, and we should note for anybody that doesn't know, Indian Indianapolis in Lucas Oil uh, Field Clubhouse Arena Stadium, massive facility. Uh, they've hosted it, uh, and Indianapolis has had it for a while. And there's a thought that now there are other NFL cities that are recognizing the revenue that's coming down the avenue. I'm not going to steal your thunder because I want you to knock their socks off with the money. Um, but if you're in Indianapolis, number one, you're not letting it go quickly. And uh, so Ursay family about to get crazy. And But if you are Jerry Jones, why don't you want it at AT&T? If you are Cronky, uh, you want that thing out on the left coast. If you are any of the other 27 teams we didn't just mention, because of what you're about to say, the combine is cash money. I had no idea. Yeah, well, it's just like anything else with the NFL. The NFL touches it and it turns to gold. <laughs> it's just like the draft. The draft has blown up. It's become a spectacle. And anytime the NFL makes an event into a spectacle, it prints money. And so the combine is following the path of the NFL draft. And just like with anything else the NFL does, when it starts making big money, the other owners... Uh, the other teams in those cities where they're located uh, start salivating. So um, the Combine now is making around $8.4 million uh, each year during the week of the Combine in Indianapolis, which has been its home since 1987. Um, But now that it's making that much money, and just like the 
just like the Super Bowl now, it, it spans a week. There's all sorts of ancillary events that go on in the city. It's almost a convention, really, of the NFL. It really is. In so many ways, right? It absolutely is, yeah. I mean, you have the NFL agents right. have their meeting uh, all week long. Uh, the owners could have their meetings there. Many of them are already in town anyway. Um, it takes a whole week to go through. Every coach. Every coach. Every coach. Head coach, assistant coaches, development folks. They're all there assessing these young people. Absolutely. You've got the whole league there. It takes an entire week to go through 338-some-odd uh, prospects. Uh, they also have a trade show now that goes on that week. I'm not sure if everyone knows that. That's how you get to the $8 million, right? A- absolutely. Million. So, um, you know, anyone who's there who has a product, whether it's a sponsor, someone doing ex- enhancing products, technology, anything related to the NFL that those teams or the league may be interested in, they're showcasing their products and services. Everyone has to pay to be in town that week. They fill hotels, they fill restaurants. Um, downtown is just um, full of everyone from the NFL, and that's where they're generating $8.4 million now. And you have owners like Jerry Jones saying, we have the star, so let's go. <laughs> let's now, spread the wealth. Well, it's not happening uh, immediately because Combine is committed to Indianapolis through 2020. 2020. Uh, but uh, it won't be Jerry Jones by himself, right? I mean, you think about a guy like Stan Kroenke, who's building a $4.25 billion. That's a complex. I'm not calling that a stadium. I refuse. Uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, they're going to want it. They're going to want it. Um, and it's the only thing that, I guess, is a saving grace. You don't want to have the combine in a cold city that doesn't have a roof. So places like Cleveland and Pittsburgh, even New York, they put themselves in jeopardy of probably never having it because that's not the best-case scenario Correct. For, uh, for the assessment. Right. But since most of the teams now are investing in um, – uh, in domes or investing in uh, facilities, a workout bubble, right. a workout yeah, bubble. Yeah. exactly. Gotcha. Um, so a theme park <laughs> that will host the Super Bowl. So since all of these, <laughs> since all of these teams have to be Super Bowl ready in order yeah. to get in that rotation, then it also means that they are draft eligible and now maybe combine eligible to get in on what could become a bidding process to move this workout week Man. around. It doesn't. Be, it's not the combine. It's not. That, it just becomes more of what you talked about. And it really is, you know, team doctors coming in and team uh, PR folks. You know, just basically uh, what Summer League has become for the NBA. Absolutely. Which, by the way, what greater segue do you need? <laughs> huh? I mean, it's good to have a professional broadcaster in the house because we move to the National Basketball Association. During All-Star, a.k.a. Black Thanksgiving, I can call it that. That's okay. You, you can do that. Dr. D's, you could too. Uh, no, I'll just, it be, is what it is. I'll just be over here. It is what it is. I love when my people converge on the city, take it over, uh, make it dense, uh, make people uh, slightly uncomfortable. However, I like uncomfortable. Some names need to resonate with us before they become household. And we have a name for everyone to know. NBA China CEO Derek Chang. He might have been the most popular dude in Charlotte next to Adam Silver himself. Really? Might have been. And it's funny that you brought this particular uh, Forbes uh, article to my attention about the desire of the NBA because I keep hearing Commissioner Silver say things that remind me of soccer and the types of things that they're doing. Um, Now, soccer has not, I don't think, penetrated the Asian market like the NBA is about to. No. And I don't even know if they're trying to. 
but I know that the model of having a Champions League and Premier League and, and just changing the way the NBA schedule works is is churning in the mind of, of the NBA commissioner. Uh, the addition of the African League that we've already discussed. Uh, just It's really neat to see what's coming down the avenue. Nike is on board. Uh, you had over 25 marketing partners from China in Charlotte for All-Star Weekend. I was at an event with Dwayne Wade where it was just Chinese media just with Dwayne Wade. Easy connection because he's with Li Ning, Not which is a Chinese, obviously, um, um, apparel company, athletic apparel company. But let's be real simple. 1.4 billion people call China home. Uh, 600, 640 million of them watch any kind of NBA programming that we churn out. This is not just a burgeoning market. This is a market that the NBA wants to hold on. <clears throat> they, pardon me, if they get that footprint, then their dreams start to come true because now you're generating the revenue to do the types of things that could convince ownership, because this is the key. You're going to have to convince ownership. We're going to change the schedule and take this game around the world. We play just 60 games, right? Take the 82, throw it out the window. We're going to play 60. We're going to play 30 games. We take the division. I'm dreaming now. We take the division uh, champions, and then we play like a little uh, tournament, like a little round robin with a little bracket, and we travel all over Europe and Asia and Africa. Uh, playing that little tournament. Come back, we'll have our All-Star game still. Then we'll play another 30 games and get to our playoffs. I said all that to say that, man, it's coming. This is not something that's just kind of like on a a dry erase board in somebody's office in New York anymore. No, no. This could become a reality. I mean, if the NBA really wants to be global, then the season would take on this type of system. Um, It would become very similar to um, how soccer... To to put in perspective the numbers that you gave, Jax, where where you said... uh, 1.4 1.4 billion people are in China and 640 million of them are watching the NBA. That is twice the U.S. population. So, uh, that's you're so right. I just say numbers sometimes, but that is crazy. That's right? unbelievable. So, whenever you hear executives say that there could be more growth opportunity in China for the NBA going forward than in the United States, well. Obviously, if there are twice as many people over there uh, watching the NBA, uh, that's absolutely crazy. And I'll throw in some other numbers um, that are really fascinating as well. Um, CCTV, which is uh, one of the major Chinese uh, networks, they're drawing 25 million viewers per game for NBA games. Are they taking vacation? That's what I want to know. All of the above. You know, just to be 9 o'clock. I got to watch. I got to watch Heat, uh, Heat, 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 Heat Hornets. They did that. Or, or maybe no one starts work until 11 yeah, a.m. because the, the NBA is, is well, That many is people, on. you think you do change a little bit, huh? Yeah, and then you're also, um, you know, you're also getting um, 180 million uh, social media followers uh, from China. I find it fascinating that on the flagship weekly show, NBA Primetime, mm-hmm. they're averaging 28 million viewers per episode the last three years. That's Sunday night NFL football, right? Correct. Okay. I heard that number correctly then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. The amount of content that the country is consuming, and they're by far and away uh, interested most in uh, the NBA. Um, LeBron is going to China for preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't even imagine what's going to happen when he shows up there. They're saying that it's going to be at least equivalent to when Kobe was there, if not bigger. Yeah, I, I went with uh, the Heat 
to Beijing and Shanghai uh, with LeBron and Dwayne and Chris Bosh and that whole crew uh, back in uh, 2010. Next topic. It is remarkable what is now fully reasonable to discuss in select company as it pertains to betting. It's it's, it's a different time. And, and, and for anybody that, uh, first of all, I enjoy gambling in, in, a, in a proper situation. Uh, but this is... I know a lot of guys that don't, okay? And they're allowed to come out of the darkness, and they're going to be up and up. Uh, you found this great poll of sports fans and, and their attention that they're paying to sports when betting's involved. Run us through the numbers. Okay. So great data collected by Bleacher Report in a survey that they did uh, published by Front Office Sports. Um, so the question was uh, – Posed to sports fans, if sports betting were legal where you lived, um, how would you be affected in these ways? So the first thing they asked was, um, how much more attention would you pay to the games that you watch if betting was legal in your area? 63% that would increase if if betting were legalized. Um, How many more people would stay up to date with sports? 62%. This is where it starts to get really interesting, and I think this is where uh, executives in the sports business world look at this and say it's time for this to become legal. 58% said they would watch more games if betting were legal in their area. 56% would watch more teams. So now you're getting people who don't just follow their favorite team. They're going to be consuming teams that they don't even care about because they have bets on the games. 47% would watch more sports in general. And even though this comes in last, Mm -hmm. if you think about what's going on with live sporting events right now and the decline in live attendance, 37% uh, said they would attend more live games. If you said that any president of any professional sports team in charge of business, he or she is sprinting to that, correct? Yeah, we've seen live attendance declining for (laughs) years now. And so... Um, you know, the live attendance number is the the smallest number. I mean, 58% of people said they would watch more games just if they were uh, legally allowed to bet on those games right. in their area. And it I know was six and 10. And That's I know we're going to get into illegal betting here in a minute when we talk about March Madness. <laughs> those numbers are very different. Yeah, yeah. But, but nine, victimless crimes, I want to I call it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but if, if you start tying those numbers in together and taking the illegal numbers, and this is now what people would do if it was legal – um, it's just, it's crazy. I, I do want to say we, we've known for years that, um, you know, people in professional sports, front office executives, owners, you know, everyone has always known that people would watch more and be more interesting or interested if betting was legal. Mm-hmm. Um, but those in professional sports especially weren't willing to obviously risk the integrity factor with the games. Um, but now I think with this much money um, coming down the pipeline, they're willing to work with, you know, those risks and take those risks in order for the, the windfall of revenue that's coming their way as as the states all start to, to legalize. We are nearly halfway through the high five already. And, and if you haven't been with us before, I apologize. I should let you know because we're connected to uh, the, is it five? It's five questions, five things, five Five rings, five. There's so many fives in the uh, five topics, in the five, five rings, sp- four, five, five sports flavors of, of things. Exactly. Five is the number around here because that, that's what Ethan's calling it once. 
Uh, and so with I try to hit five topics. We're going to lean in. There's actually today going to be almost uh, let's say six or seven. And this is that. And so let's go to the collegiate orange leather. Your selection Sunday. And you will act like you know everything about men's college basketball. You just described my mom. She feels out of bracket. <laughs> like we're talking about my mom. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, all right, Mama D's. I'm okay with it. Um, and if she's doing a $5 pool, that doesn't hurt, right? Well, I'm not going to mention she beat me last year. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't do mascots and colors, did she? Uh, she didn't hit you with that one. No, okay, I, don't, I don't know. I think you don't she, even know method? Did I think she picked uh, like which city she would most oh, like to that. visit. It was awful. Love it was it. terrible. That's all right, though. But with the annual arrival of the NCAA March Madness, and unfortunately it is just from inside. It generates this type of energy. Uh, has a lot to do with the game and and kind of our societal biases, uh, but also the fact that they are on TV more than Leave It to Beaver reruns for three weeks. Uh, so that helps <laughs> a great deal. Um, when you talk about the money involved uh, in what is a billion-dollar business, just the tournament, the tournament itself for the NCAA is, is an almost $3 billion business. And so it doesn't shock me that there's this unbelievable just kind of cascading of millions and millions of dollars all over the place, starting with our $5 office pools. Yeah. So we know that about $10 billion is wagered each year on... <laughs> say it one more time. I can't even say it, I can't say it with a straight face. 
Ten billion dollars. Billion dollars. Yes, with a B, and I kept a straight face. Yeah. Uh, about ten billion dollars wagered each year on the tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, previously, mm-hmm. uh, three three percent of that was wagered legally, so about three hundred million. <laughs> we're going to get that. It's going to get better soon. All going to change. It's all getting better soon. Okay. Come on, Florida. Where are you? And where are those fifty eight percent of people <laughs> who are going to wager more when it's legal? Where are you at? Uh, but here's here's a. Um, stat that I hadn't heard before, um, and maybe this is because I'm not the biggest better in the world, um, but I saw a stat where uh, CNBC reported that if you added in all the type of pools that there are to bet in, so not just bracket pools. Break them down. You had a list okay. that you were sharing pre-recording, uh, and I was I was stunned and staggered with your ability to break all these down. Give them to them. Yeah, so there are other similar pools. So there are grid pools, mm-hmm. pick em pools, yeah. survivor pools, cash-based fantasy pools, okay. and okay. your bracket pools like what Mama D's uh, participates in. <laughs> so, the champion Mama D. <laughs> the champion yeah, of exactly. the D's household. Um, I'm embarrassed. She likes to win D's. Yes, I don't. Oh. Yes! Yes! Win oh. D's pools. Come on. Yes, that's Mom her. Mom needs a new uh, Twitter handle. That's her handle. Unless no, she we're doesn't not, have one. No, no, we're not getting She's her not, on here. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but when you add all the pools together, including the four I knew nothing about, now you have an estimated 54 million people in the U.S., which is one quarter of all U.S. adults, and then the wagering goes up to 18 billion dollars mm. per year so i mean that's almost double what the original numbers uh were for 2017 which is just 10 billion um on the regular bracket so the money that's that's flowing through um you know march madness betting and office pools and all these things is just uh, it's mind-boggling so there's there's oodles and oodles of games on cbs uh tbs tnt and, and true tv during the run um, when you add all of that yeah, up in right a regular here. nine to five and the window, day, right, right, exactly, not uh, prime time, not prime time, they take up thirty-five hours of coverage in a normal nine to five day. All right, now take me a little further down your little stat list. Uh, the number uh, that was the amount of money lost in productivity—that that's my favorite. Now this is this is an estimate, <laughs> but it's always great every year to look at how unproductive we are during uh-huh. the tournament. Um, but each year it's estimated that businesses lose about $2.3 billion yeah. in productivity. And um, about 20% of people surveyed said that they watch games in the bathroom. Come on. That's why we're losing productivity. What? People are sneaking oh, out of meetings. They're taking, meetings. Their, phone. Gotcha. They're taking okay. their phone. Well, whose sneaking office out- has a... <laughs> Sneaking out of TV meetings and, and going in to catch ends of games or buzzer beaters, you know, just sneaking away to the bathroom to make sure that they don't miss a minute of this tournament. It's just incredible what happens in our country when NCAA basketball comes on. It's amazing how we unite. Under, that's why it's called madness. It, it is. It is. There's a, a, a mental pause button that's hitting all of us. Uh, just for 30 days. Yeah, just for a month. For, for really bad basketball, by the way. Let's be real honest. Okay. Look at the stat sheet. Look at the shooting percentages. You might vomit. Uh, here's the thing that I will at least admit and submit is that it is extremely lucrative for the schools who find their way into the Final Four, into the championship. There was this ridiculous increase that I saw in merchandise sales for the two teams last year. We're talking about Carolina and Gonzaga. 
Uh, can you break that one down for us? There's a 300% increase in merchandise sales? Yes. So the two teams who make it into the championship game, merchandise uh, sales. 300%. 300%. That's, I mean, <laughs> That's unbelievable. And you think about it, when you have school in North Carolina and Gonzaga, you have to figure people already have merchandise from these schools. This mm-hmm. is not like basketball hasn't been around, but won. This no. isn't championship merchandise. No, this is just the week building up and then obviously probably time right after. Into the championship game, but 300% roughly for those schools in merchandise sales, which is going straightly to, straight to those um, those two schools only. Let's uh, hit the obvious real quick. I'm going to hit you with one question before we move on to some more billions that are available. Uh, what's the amount of money the uh, players receive to participate in the tournament? Oh, mm-hmm. that one is closer to yeah, yeah, that's no, no. zero. Yeah. yeah, there we go. There not we with go. a B, not with a billion. Yeah, yeah. It's no, just no, no. a it's just, just a round. Seto, Nuka, Nadia, whatever you want on that one. Uh, that's another podcast on, on another day. Uh, another day, the, the, another time. The, the, yeah, because everyone has their distinct feelings on that one. Uh, Five Reasons Sports Network has not put out a, a official policy on such things. But that's garbage. That's all I'm going to say. But we would that. be remiss not to mention that stat. It has to be out there. Uh, let's go to the ad dollars because this is where uh, CBS and Turner that have gotten together uh, make their money. And it's um, they pay out a lot, so it doesn't strike me as crazy that they make a whole bunch. Um, we have to use last year's numbers, obviously, because this year uh, I assume they're sold out. I didn't see any news on that one. Uh, I don't think they, they heard for any ad dollars. Or add space. I think they're probably uh, decent there. But just kind of run down, uh, if you would, the type of money they make and if it's on par with, with other years um, with ad dollars for March Madness. Yeah. So the ad dollars, we're just everything we're talking about today is in the billions. It's just with a B. We're not. We're not. Um, <laughs> it's how to get down. We're not, we're not wasting any time today yeah. with uh, chump change. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so ad wise, um, they were full last year. Um, 95 advertisers the previous year, 97 advertisers in 2017. So all the major partners for the NCAA and then some. Uh, By the way, that's three. I know it's one game, but that's three times more than the Super Bowl. Like that, I know it's over three weeks and there's a bunch of games. A lot, but that's still the number of advertisers who line up and participate. It's staggering. It's more than the Super Bowl and the playoffs, Jax. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of the NFL postseason. It's not like, if it like, was just the Super Bowl, yeah. then yeah. But it's the whole. It's um, uh, it's dangerously close. I will yeah. say to it's more than the Super Bowl, but it's dangerously dangerously close to the NFL playoff ad Combined. revenue. Correct. Wow. So the NCAA last year, just in ad revenue, pulled in around one point three billion dollars. And the NFL, if you add Super Bowl and playoffs, they're at $1.5 billion. So that wow. just puts into perspective what the NCAA you know, can do in terms of generating ad revenue for broadcasting through this tournament. And if you want a little bit of perspective, uh, NBA postseason, $934 million in ad revenue. MLB postseason, uh, $569 million. So um, it's... It's a good deal. That's colossal. If you're wondering why Turner is paying almost $20 billion for the um, media rights for the men's tournament through 2032, it's because they get their money. They're they're not just – sometimes I feel like networks spend money 
overspend money on sports because there's a there's bucks. Absolutely. Which helps make money, right? So while we're watching the tournament, they're selling us on that Turner Sports is awesome. All those things are happening as well as CBS, right? Yeah, and this because it's a month long and so they've got a captive audience for a full month and the whole country is just eyes glued to their uh, family of stations for an entire month and that happens every year so you've got to think that's almost like having it's like having an olympics or having a world cup but having it every year and knowing you can count on all these eyeballs on your stations for one month um, you know, in those crazy ratings every single year, one month out of the year. So it's a very special uh, sport product for them. And clearly it's worth it because uh, they did their extension. The original contract was in 2010, and then they went ahead and extended that in 2016 through 2032. They're locked in. Last topic, we stay in the collegiate ranks because we want to know what the evil empire is making. I am stunned and staggered by what seems like the lowest number we're discussing on this day. Uh, But I also have to stop and say, as we refer to the NCAA reporting its revenues, that the conferences receive a lot of money on the football side. Basketball is where the NCAA makes most of its money. I don't know how much money they make on uh, revenue sports that are slight revenue sports like baseball and softball where they do charge on many campuses. Uh, the Olympic sports obviously uh, tend not to charge. There's probably some places where track and field you can actually charge. Um, swimming you could probably charge. But for the most part, it's a heavy basketball, football dynamic. $1.1 billion seems really low. It just does. For the, the amount of money that runs through the NCAA. But am I making the right considerations in that some of this money's filtering out to the ACC, to the SEC, uh, two universities directly through the conferences that maybe the, the, the I should put a $1 billion and I should still be staggered. No, no, it's staggering. But you also, but, you know, most people who are not familiar with the NCAA and its finances and inner workings don't realize that the NCAA does end up spending almost all of this money each year um, in all of their various expenses. So the NCAA only makes I say only only makes around 103 million a year once they've you know paid all their bills so they're they brought in a billion for the first time ever last year it was due largely in part to the men's NCAA tournament contract that they have now women's uh, tournament also makes them money um, some of it the does. other okay. it does Very it does good. Um, they do NIT tournaments and other championships, uh, which do include, you know, some of the, the about $817 million or $818 million that they make each year comes out of the television and marketing rights fees. About $128 million they make off of other championships. So when you're talking about, you know, baseball sure. and the revenue sports that you were talking about, uh, women's sports. So um, they make about $128 million off of that. Um, and there are other areas where the NCAA makes revenue that are not related to sport. And we won't go into all of that. Um, but I do think that we need to make mention of where the money goes. Because if they're only ending up with $103 million each year, um, once all the, the bills have been paid, then where does all that money go? So $560 schools, then another 93 to $94 million on top of that um, are in the NIT tournament 
and other, you know, major Division One championships. But then they support Division Two and Division Three to the tune of forty-two million dollars goes each year to Division Two, and twenty-eight million goes to Division Three. And then their last big category that most people don't think about. They spend $181 million every year on association-wide programs, and that's another – that's just a, a fancy phrase for student-athlete programs and services. So anything related to supporting student-athletes, uh, their development, their student-athlete experience, all the other things that they have to provide for the student-athletes to help them with academics and life, et cetera. So once you start uh, paying all of those bills, then at the end of the day, the NCAA keeps $100 million out of um, over $1 billion. So they can pay some white bills and knock out some landscaping. <laughs> they got a little extra. Keep, keep the building in Indy looking nice. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. It really is when you start thinking about it. But it, you do have to remember the expenses for each uh, division, which is a great deal of, of their expense. To pay for those championships, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of uh, lot of administration. Yeah, they have, so they have thousands there. of member schools, and yeah. they have athletes at all levels. And so we don't want to pay the NCAA to be this big billion-dollar uh, industry that's making that much in profit. Yes, to sit on the... The main flamethrower, and I'm not going to give away all the news, but it's going to be different in April. It is, and it beyond. Is. We're, we're kind of the stepchild right now, but I think we're. I we're, think we're no, doing we're the better. house guest that never left. That's that's who <laughs> we, we are. are. Exactly. We came in and we never packed exactly. up. Exactly. So I guess that's enough of a hint for people for now. In the meantime, Doc, I mean, I don't even want to say the tagline because you already said it. If you didn't hear it before, always mind your business. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.